Welcome back to Look Ma No Hands. I'm your host, Laura Max Rose. I'm here today with Basia Benshushan, the owner of Pink Cilantro and the owner of now four children. Basia, welcome to the show. Well, hi, Laura. I'm really excited to be here. I wanted to bring Basia on today because you know that person that you meet who just makes you feel joyful inside whenever you see them and you don't see them very often. But when you do, they make you feel so good about your life. They have that wisdom, that energy, that light that they bring that you can tell they probably work really hard on. And just to get be able to get a piece of it for the moment that you're with them is such a blessing and a gift. That's how Basia has always been to me. You're so sweet. Laura, well, you're so sweet. I speak the truth. I really do. <laughs> um, so not only does Basia have four kids, which we're going to talk about that, I've had a lot of people ask me, to bring someone on this show that has multiple children, more than two, to talk about how they balance that or don't. I'm going to throw the word balance out just forever. Yeah, don't even think about that. Can we that. stop I mean, saying that? <laughs> there's no balance in my life. Thank you. One of the things I was actually listening to some interviews that Bossy has done previously before I did this show, and she was talking about getting rid of work-life balance and the thought of it, that this is life. We live it open-heartedly and wholeheartedly, that you know sometimes you're not going to get eight hours of sleep, but you're going to be able to do the thing you've always wanted to do and to stop obsessing about everything looking perfect and your day being divided into these perfect chunks all the time because because Absolutely. this is life. You know, we're here to we're here to be here. We're here to show up. It's not going to look perfect. It's going to be messy. Well, we're one thing we're guaranteed is we're born and then we die and what are we going to do within that time frame is for us to decide. That is so true. So, you're here with your now four children. How old's your fourth? He's 6 months old. Wow, 6 months old. So yeah. You're 6 months postpartum and you have now a 4-year-old company, Pink Cilantro, which you are the owner and founder of. It's a digital marketing and digital relationship building organization that is very well known here in Houston. And I want to talk to you about not only your it's rare to find someone who has the number of children that you do who is as passionate as they are about their work. Because usually we end up feeling either like we have to trade one for the other or that just sort of ends up happening. So I want to talk about that. I also want to talk about your perspective. You are the only person I've ever had on this show who is a Chabad Orthodox Jew. <laughs> and I know you through my Chabad Orthodox cousins that are mine through marriage. And your religious and spiritual perspective has always been so beautiful to me. Many people don't even know what that is, though. And they don't even know what I just said. So let's talk about how you arrived where you are spiritually with your husband and your children and how that has affected your life. Right. Um, I wasn't always an Orthodox Chabad Jew. And what a Chabad Jew is, to give a little reference, is a, it's a type of Hasidic Jew. So um, are we uh, uh, follow the uh, teachings of the Baal Shem Tov. He, he um, gave us a, a, just a different perspective or deeper perspective to the uh, Torah where we look into everything in life um, from our purpose and uh, what is our true meaning um, within the short time frame that we are on earth? What is our, what is our impact? Um, and that really is a, a big anchor in my day-to-day -day that if we're going to use, I know we said to throw away the, use, uh, the word balance, but um, my um, religious philosophies and our lifestyle is really what centers um, my ability to be a present mother and to be a present um, leader at Pink Cilantro. 
So well, that centering, I mean, that's not balance at all. That centering is really what I want to talk to you about. I, I always notice that when we have a baby in the hospital, a chaplain or a rabbi always comes to visit. Um, you tell them what religious affiliation you have. And the next day after you have your baby, somebody from that religious affiliation comes to visit you. And each time I've had a what's called a Jewish chaplain come visit me, I have felt this desperation to speak with them like no desperation I've ever had before <laughs> because there is something about having a child that makes you just need this spiritual fulfillment. For me, I, I needed God. I needed structure. It was a feeling of needing structure, of needing someone to be my parent. I needed to just be under something. That's how I can describe it. That makes a lot of sense. So, you know, you asked a question, how did I get to this point with my husband? We weren't always um, practicing religious Jews. Uh, we were pretty pretty wild at one point. You had a shaved head at one point I did in your have life. a shaved head. I had a pink <laughs> mohawk at one point. Um, I was a practicing artist selling my artwork in California, just um, living a pretty bohemian lifestyle. And uh, when I met my husband, we were both of the same um, spirit, should I say. And um, one day my husband, he didn't, he wasn't exposed to Orthodox Judaism growing up. I was. My parents had uh, become Orthodox Jews when I was about 12 years old. So um, I had been exposed to Chabad and, you know, just really... Grow, growing up, they talked a lot about purpose and, and making sure that you're light in this world and that you're just creating positive energy in the world around you. That's um, It was the center point of your conversation. Absolutely, yes, absolutely. So um, when we met, my husband was uh, brought, we went to synagogue one time and somebody introduced him to some um, uh, teacher, some Torah teacher, and he started to go to those classes and get just really turned on by those classes. My journey was just different into the into Chabad. When we got married, he was already practicing and, and keeping the the Shabbat and keeping kosher, and I just wasn't on that same wavelength. I had a, a bit of a, a life. Um, I had some health issues, and uh, it was they were very scary, and I didn't know what to turn to. Um, and I also got a hold of some sort of teaching. It was the Rambam's teachings. And the Rambam talks a lot about physical fitness and health. And I started to read a lot of his work, Maimonides. Um, and that pulled me closer into um, the Chabad community and just a lot of self-learning and learning more about um, just what does a religious lifestyle really mean? To others looking in, it might seem like you know, it's, um, I'm really not sure what other people think when they look at religious people, but I know that what I used to think was they're believing in nothing. Like what, or that they're kind of off, like the outside of the main, like the main area of society sort of living in a different reality that maybe isn't valid. For sure. But I was, if the mindset, like they're believing in nothing. I mean, I was like, how could they, how could they, (laughs) how could they turn off on the Sabbath their phone, their TV, not drive Orthodox Jews because I'd been exposed to that. Yeah. If you don't know and you're listening in the Orthodox Jewish belief, there's no driving or electricity used on Shabbos. It's the day of rest, but in the fullest sense of the word. Like, and, and what God's going to strike them down with a lightning bolt. So I've like, struggled with that myself. Yeah. So what's lo- going to happen if you turn on the light? Looking, looking in at the Orthodox community, I was just like, these people, who are they doing this for? 
So I would now say, what's your answer to that? It's a gift. I feel guilty that I can't serve God more because of the rest that I get by um, turning off on the Sabbath and by keeping kosher and just the boundaries that we have in our life. So what I compare, there's just a, just a freedom with all of this uh, structure that our Torah gives us and for me, you know, and I don't, uh, um, th- t- this suits our lifestyle. I don't look at others and go, oh, you're missing out on learning more uh, about um, your relationship with God or the Torah. This is just for my personal lifestyle. There are a lot of rules. So there are 613 commandments. It's a <laughs> lot. when you take on being an Orthodox Jew, you follow all of those. We have a lot of uh, different holidays where we're cooking like Thanksgiving. I know. It's for every, three days straight. Every week. I mean, it's like nonstop. <laughs> yes. It's nonstop cooking of the meals. So there's a lot of work and a lot of expense. You know, sending your kids to an Orthodox Jewish school is extremely expensive. And when it, you don't just to choose to have two children, or you choose one, to have, you have four or five, six, it's very expensive. But in all of that, with all that that would seem like a burden, there's just a lot of freedom. Um, you know, if you're on the top of a, 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 a high rise and there's no gate around the border, you feel uh, you're going to you're going to stand in the middle and you're not going to see just the beautiful views. If there's a gate around the uh, around the top, you're going to go to the to the edge of the gate and look out at these amazing views. And that's the way I feel um, my lifestyle, my religious lifestyle what that lends to us is we have we have a certain freedom with all of these different rules throughout the day my schedule i wake up the first thing i do is say thank you to god there's a meditation in that i'm getting out of myself it's not about me it's about a higher power it's about this world is much bigger than myself and there's a whole universe that my actions are going to impact after that i go in make sure all the kids are getting up for school so we're all getting ready at the same time while they're doing that, after I brush my teeth, wash my face, I don't, I don't check my phone. I, um, I say my morning prayers. There's such a meditation in that, that I'm just getting out of myself. And it's not easy to do, but I'm getting out of myself. Then I hum through the day, but throughout the day, there are these breaks. Whenever I have a drink of water or I have a bite to eat, I'm saying a blessing to God. And when I use the term God, the way I visualize it, it's the entire, it's, it's not just um, the world as we know it today, it's the past, present, and the future. It's, it's everybody encompassed in just all of this space and time. And, it, and it, it, it makes me go, okay, I'm this one little, one little ant within this whole uh, gigantic universe. Just that we couldn't even fathom and what am I going to do to have an impact? What do I have in me to have an impact? So I have my four children and I also know through the work that we do at Pink Cilantro, we, we, we can move mountains. Well, here's what I'm hearing and what I love so much about you and so much of what I learned from my faith is that, and I am not a Chabad Orthodox Jew, um, by any stretch, but I am Jewish. And I, one of the wonderful things that I love about my faith is 
the active practice of gratitude before maybe feeling grateful. So it's not that we feel grateful for something and then we say thank you. We say thank you and then we feel grateful. And Moda'ani Lifanecha, the prayer you say when you wake up in the morning, um, that you're able to do that every day in this world where I think like, what is it, up to 90% of us just grab our phones in the morning? I'm certainly part of that statistic. I've tried so hard not to. But I'm reminded and inspired by what you're saying to leave it in the kitchen maybe again. But to wake up and to really think about the fact that I'm here and to say thank you, I don't often wake up and feel profound gratitude, but to say thank you anyway, and then perhaps feel it afterward and to go about my day just being mindful to say thank you. That's so much of what I think your religion and your your faith has brought you. And that's what I love so much about it. I've also never, ever felt like you've tried to push it on anybody, which is also such a wonderful thing. Like when you you can tell somebody's really getting something from what they're doing when it just fills them up and they're able to be the best person. You just make me feel happy when I'm around you. I don't I don't feel like <laughs> you're telling me to do anything that Absolutely you're doing. Not. I really do believe what you said that this is something that has worked so well for you and it just helps you be a bigger light in the world. And You were interviewed recently by someone, you were talking about social media, actually you were giving a speech about honesty and how social media enables us to create this persona that isn't really necessarily who we are. And it's created this world that we've never lived in before that is so beautiful in so many ways. When we had Hurricane Harvey, we were allowed to reach out to each other and support each other in a way we never would have been able to before. But it can also be overwhelming in that we've never seen bullying at the scale that we've seen it. We've never seen people getting hurt and feeling suicidal in many cases and the and droves that they're feeling that way now. And it has this potential to exacerbate so much negativity. Yes. And I think all of us are vulnerable to that. And there becomes this, there's now this need, I think, to be more aggressive about our spiritual self-care. And you're such a great example of that, especially the fact that you're in the marketing world. <laughs> yes. Right? Um, uh, two things. So um, when it comes to just the social layer of the internet, like you said, it really um, just magnifies our human nature. So the bullying, it's not new. People pretending to be something they're not, it's not new. People, uh, you know, looking for attention, it's not new. And, you know, our philosophies in our um, just in Chabad is we... If something can be used for bad, it also can be used for immense good. I so love that. I'm not anti the social layer on the internet. We work with a lot of different nonprofits and politicians, and you just see a lot of heat and a lot of rage and a lot of sad. Like I feel sad for the people in the comment section. I do too. Saying things like, um, "All this type of person should just people should just die," or you know. Um, your cause is, is, they say some horrible things. I don't even want to repeat them, but I, just, I guess that's I always so, been there, but now there's a it's, way for it's people magnified. to express it. It's magnified. It's magnified. And what it's also magnifying, it's, it's, it's creating this cycle where these people are taking like just, they're getting positive reinforcement from other people that react like them mm-hmm. and they keep on, um, doing the same negative, um, behavior that said there's also a lot of positive out there on the internet i mean people the, people can work working moms can work from home um uh you can 
start a business with almost nothing. The flexibility that we have. And I think also like the creativity that we're allowed to share with other people and the working moms. I mean, I see mothers with five kids who've built businesses basically from Instagram storying their outfit try-ons or whatever, but like they're great at it. And like, how would they have ever been able to do that before? That flexibility and and being a mom is wonderful, but I'm not sure I've met anyone who is 100% fulfilled by that, even if it's 99% of their joy, even if they're on the upper spectrum of like, all I've ever wanted to be is a mother there is still a part of them that needs some sort of other creative outlet. And I have found that social media provides that I think for so many women, which I think is so cool. Even if you're not working full time, you still have this outlet. There is to me, I go, I want to touch on the topic of, you know, being a mother and then being a a working mom. I, you know, there are days that I go, wow, I, I wonder if I could just be a, st- it's not just be a stay-at-home mom because a stay-at-home mom is a pretty big job. You have to make sure that you're being an excellent role model for your children. It's the hardest job in the world. You're, you're, you know, really putting in the right, the right care and attention. Um, and there's you're, virtually no positive feedback, by the way. No, no one's patting you on the back saying, great job on that. Nobody. Nobody. No, <laughs> no they're just, they're just like the throwing their, 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 their food on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> no. Or just, but, you you know, you have to make sure that you're just modeling the right behavior uh, and you're putting, you know, giving them the time and attention. Uh, homeschooling, to me, has always been just very exciting. But I know that I can't, I can't put my all into that type of, into that type of upbringing, I just cannot because there's a piece of me that has something else to give to the world. It's not just about what I can give to my children. My mother has six kids and she has built and sold several successful companies. So I had a fantastic model that said uh, she left the house at 4 a.m. and came home at 9. And on Saturday and Sunday, she was in it to win it with the kids. So, you know, we... What I do with my uh, within my spiritual life and within my um, work life requires a lot of discipline, and that is my personality. And I'm you so, learned that from her. Uh, yes, I did. Um, but this is it's it's very natural to me to 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 build these um, patterns and challenge myself. I'm very hard on myself, and I tell myself I'm not doing enough. I know I could do more. So I'm not the type of person to just sit back, even on a Sunday, and just relax. Um, I have this like itch within me that's just like, Basia, there's so much that you can get done. Now, after you have four kids, I find myself saying no to myself quite a lot. You just need to rest. Yes. So, you know, it, there's just different seasons and um, just different events in life that kind of shake you up. We're not forever young. We are not. And having kids is definitely one of those things that I think brings that to light. Absolutely. I ran into you recently, which was when I asked you to be on this podcast. You were talking about how you haven't slept in quite some time. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, It was a few weeks ago. So you had a barely six-month-old and you have your company. And you said, but I'm going to have more. It's just, I said, excuse me, what did you just say to me? And you said, it's just such a blessing. It's so wonderful. What, tell me more about that. How are how are you at that conclusion right now? Kids are the magic in the mess. They are. They are the magic in the mess. Um, It's such a blessing that we can have kids and that we can provide for them and we could um, be good role models for them. And for me, we have. 
we have such a loving household. I would want to bring more good people into this world. God willing, they will turn out to be um, movers and shakers and people that, that that have a desire to have a big impact on the world around them. And that's not necessarily um, owning a company, but just having good energy out there that they want to be a positive change in this world. Um, so to me, I feel like we have the environment where if we have more children, we can provide um, a foundation for them. Um, you were talking about your home growing up, actually, on a podcast that I listened to you on being very, the spirit was very competitive. You had five siblings. There were six of you. And like that your parents were very, they both had scholarships to Ivy League schools. They both, they really, really stressed education and growing your mind. And they didn't necessarily want you to go to an Ivy League school. They just wanted you to be successful. Yes. It sounds challenging to some degree, although it sounds like your parents were also pretty, I mean, they did it all. Um, and you describe your household as being this loving household. Tell me about that. Like, tell me about that. <laughs> you know, when I was growing up, um, I, I didn't think that our household was so unique. But now that I am a grown up with children, I realized that we I was so blessed to have parents that were very hard on us. Um, there were no shortcuts, no breaks, even if they could afford to buy, you know, us whatever we wanted there was no shortcut. So they really uh, instilled in us, uh, you have to work hard and earn, you work hard to earn your keep in this world. Nobody's going to take care of that for you. And then also, um, it, it's interesting, our education wasn't traditional. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it, it's, you've got to challenge your mind. You've got to continuously challenge your mind. There's just, n there's never a plateau. And you know, you walk into my parents' house and they're the house of books, constantly Everywhere. learning, constantly learning different, uh, tons of business books, tons of uh, uh, philo philosophical books, so much sci-fi. But, um, <laughs> you know, gr growing up, it was, I was able, I was exposed to just a lot of alternative thinking and that lends well and, and, um, and that shaped me. That's why I'm in marketing, period. I, you know, um, I really enjoy using, I enjoy building out creative uh, campaigns and um, watching the end consumer really um, react to it. So tell me about, so you have four kids at home in, in your, in your household right now, and then you have your business, thanks cilantro. Tell me just about like daily life managing that. What does that look like? Um, so it really just, it, every day is so different, but, um, with the kids, getting them off to school on time, um, I'm the one who drops them off at school. My husband is also has his own, uh, business that he runs. Um, then we, I work from the, the office two days a week and many times I have, my, I work from my office at home, but, um, I go in on a Monday and I go in on a Friday and we have team check-ins at that point. But we work with a lot of different tools that just allow us to see, you know, what team tasks are, are being executed and we communicate through Slack. So throughout the day, I'm available for the team, but I've also got um, whatever meetings are on my, I, on my schedule, I'm hitting those and um, just eating through a very big to-do list. Once the kids uh, come home, typically around 4.30 after their after-school activities. I'm on with them for about an hour, an hour and a half, helping them get ready for bed. Once they're in bed, I'm typically back online. I so be, they're in bed pretty early then, it sounds like. It's it, like it's seven. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
I'm back on my, my husband also tackles bedtime. Awesome. I'm back online. Um, and I can be back online till about one in the morning. Wow. So yes. Um, <laughs> I, I I'm up at six. Oh my God. The next day. And typically that's how my work week goes. Friday, I typically shut down the day at three o'clock, which is so much fun. But uh, being able to turn off on Saturday completely, nobody can get a hold of me. So that's your key, it sounds like. It, that It's everything. Yeah. On, and on a Sunday, I don't typically, on a Sunday, I'm with the kids until about five or six. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then I log back on and I prepare for my week. Okay. I, I got, I got, you know, I go, this is, this is, this is what's on my, been put on my calendar and I have a good, when I have a good understanding how that week's going to run, I'm pretty clear on that. We have some big projects now running an agency and any business, there are fires. Yeah. So <laughs> what happens when one goes on on a Saturday? Oh, oh doesn't get no, I, my team is really good. Your team. No, they take okay. care of that. I, um, as far as the projects that I work on within the agency, there was a point where I really, w- where I was working all the projects, the, all the, with all the clients, very hands-on, we're a boutique agency, and we provide a very white glove, very, w- we pride ourselves on the thinking that we bring to our client, the creativity that we bring to our client. And there was a time where I was extremely hands-on. I was yeah. basically the creative director. Um, and then I, uh, and then I brought in somebody else to take over that role. Um, and I became more of the CEO, just managing the teams, hiring, firing, and making sure that we're bring, building out the right products to provide for our customers. Um, and then there was this kind of shift where uh, I, I wanted to work on some of the projects. Yeah. And I would try to work on some of the projects and the team didn't want me to work on some of the projects. <laughs> so now there's a great balance where I, I need to work on some of the projects. I love that outlet personally. That outlet being like that, just building out campaigns, coming up with ideas, watching the watching the results come in. That's there's a lot that's that gets me really high. I get really excited. Um, but I have a really great team that um, for the most part they they run the campaigns. But I I uh, I pick and choose what clients I want to get involved with. So I have to tell you that listening to you, I think that there'd be like more than one occasion where I'd probably be like, okay, I can't work at it. Like I, this is too much. I've got to cut something out. But then I think about it and I've had about two weeks at home with my two daughters. Um, they had Thanksgiving break and then they were both sick the week before that. Oh, I, I did nothing else. Sick. It's really hard. I did nothing else. I actually quite enjoyed myself for most of the time. Um, and I, my oldest daughter is like three and a quarter right now. And it's just so much fun. Yeah. Two was really hard. Two was really hard. Um, but I got to the point where I was about to, you know, I hadn't been able to record a podcast or get out and talk to friends and I just missed using my brain in that adult way. And no matter what way it is, I think it's just so important for us to be able to do that because I was talking to my husband about this yesterday. Motherhood can be the loneliest place in the world. Like, especially in the world that we live in, it is so easy to go without really talking to other people to only like checking in on them on social media. And you spend so much of your time alone with your kids if you are staying at home. And to be able to have a place to go, whether for you it's work or wherever that is, just to be with other adults, I think fills us up in a way that's just so important. Oh, hearing that, I I, w- I couldn't agree more. I uh, 
I can't say I've ever felt that 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 loneliness, but when you said that, I I was thinking I could imagine so if I and and you know there are moments right after having uh, having every baby that I've had, I think oh, maybe I should be a stay at home mom. Yes, I have that every time too. I've only had two times. Because but. I just, <laughs> just want like how much joy is it to just look in your baby's eye and uh-huh. just smell their neck and just like just make them laugh. It's a little sweet like hair bobbing everywhere and <laughs> drool coming out it's just a, like there's nothing like a baby belly yeah well like i a- did that with violet i mean i was i literally am sort of coming back from about a nine-month maternity leave that i had no intention of taking because i couldn't stop and it was just so heavenly and i was always in this push and pull of i want to be home with her but i also just miss working but i i would start swart like sort of getting back into my work life and just run back home to Violet. And I've just been in this back and forth and I'm kind of really still in that. But what I found is that it's going to be gradual for me. Um, And it's also that sort of dichotomy of being a mother, this intense desire to be with your children, but also not to lose the person that you were before you had them and to not to like lose yourself. And I leave my house and the second I'm gone, I miss my kids, but I knew I needed to leave. And then I get home and I'm like, Oh, when can I leave again? And it's this back and forth. Oh, absolutely. Uh, there, there's. Uh, let's say after I just had um, baby Sally, his name's Israel Moshe, my six-month-old. After having him, man, I was exhausted. Not only do I have a new a newborn baby, and I'm breastfeeding this newborn baby. I took most of my daughters to the office and breastfed them for two of them for a year. Wow. And then uh, my Shaked, I was only able to breastfeed for five months, and then I left her home with the house, uh, uh, the nanny, and. To me, that's critical when you have a, uh, when you um, just have a busy schedule and you're working a lot and you have a lot of responsibility, having a good, a good a nanny. nanny is key because I can, tr- I can trust that the babies are learning, um, that they're being bathed and loved on while I'm not there. And that provides me a lot of peace of mind. So right, I'm so glad that you said a that. A lot of peace of mind. You need somebody who's mature, somebody who gets it, somebody who loves your child. That you like, trust. Yes. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so for us, that's been key. That said, you know, I brought the kids to work, all of them to work. You know, you have one, two, and you have two hands. After you have three, you don't have three hands. Yeah, you just you, don't. You just can't, you can't, you can't rock two strollers. You can't, you know, calm down uh, three babies at the same <laughs> time. You, you have two hands. So after four, I've got three children running around me wanting my attention i'm the nucleus yeah in their life yeah okay yeah as much as like my husband can be standing right there but if it doesn't it's your they mama. have their shoes that need to be tied they'll walk to my bathroom oh yeah tell me can you tie my shoes i'm like can you give me a minute just yep. a minute just a i minute. just want to breathe uh, like in <laughs> in this moment by myself oh my um, god i can so relate but uh you know and after having baby Israel, um, I, I, get, I had to give myself some grace. Like I said, I'm very hard on myself. I, I challenge myself constantly. And what I find is I'm not looking to potentially lose who I was because I'm a completely different person after every child. Mm-hmm. And that is mm. also a really big blessing. After every child, I've become, it's like a, a muse in life. I've become more inspired. I've changed the way I operate. Um, the inputs and outputs that I, I give to the world around me. I'm so glad you just said that because I've never heard anybody else say that, but I am a completely different person every time I have a child. And you'll see in six months from now, there's a strength 
you know, you go through this, women are incredible to me. Yeah. You know, now that there's a whole conversation about, you know, equality in the, in the workplace and all this, it's become just louder than it's ever been before. Mm -hmm. Growing up, I, I heard this conversation a lot because my mother was a very successful CEO of a uh, multi-million dollar company that was sold to GE in the mid nineties. So she started it and sold it. Um, she was a darling on the front cover, front cover of time magazine. She was just a, uh, and when she was featured in time magazine, it said, <sighs> what were the words? Something along the lines of, um, you know, Debbie doesn't have enough patience to, to, to stay at home with the kids. So, it's a new age dad, Victor is staying at home with the kids, which is completely false because both of them worked their tushes off yeah. to build a just successful company. Um, but, you know, that whole conversation, the way she was in the boardroom, you know, she said it was like a battle. I'm, I, I sit in a boardroom, I'm up against other uh, computer system providers and we're sitting in a boardroom duking out who Shell is going to choose to... Um, to build their computer systems for their employees or HISD or Coca-Cola. And you've got to come in and be ready to show up no matter if you're, you're female, Jewish, you know, whatever you come in as you leave that at the door and you just show up really strong. So, you know, she had employees back then. It was before email was used employees, male employees, write her handwritten notes how tough she's too tough of a boss and she needs to just it's, take it down a notch you're kidding handwritten like who takes the time handwritten it's like you're not texting you're, you're looking at your words basically on the paper, to tell her that she's too much of a you're of giving a boss, it yes of so, a man but that's what their accusation was absolutely right. and i but i think women are remarkable because we're able to I've gone through this, have, get, have a baby, grow in your belly for nine months. The horm the, just the change to your hormones is like no other. Your hormones change forever. That, and you become a complete, like your, 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 your chemical balance mentally, physically is so off and to keep your shit together, way to go woman who's pregnant. <laughs> then after that, after the baby's born, you have to figure out what to do with the baby, how to, how to take your first one. You used to love yourself so hard, and then you've got this baby that you—they're crying. They need to eat. Yeah. They they go to the bathroom. You have to wipe. You have to make sure that they like you're just giving it's them everything. the balance and love. So you get out of yourself, which I think is such a growing experience. I'm, I feel so grateful that I'm able to go through that. Um, that's at every time. Every child's different. So to do it again and again, it's a little insane. Yeah. But to me, there's just a lot of reward, a lot of growth. It's, you know, you're I mean, even if you and even if you think that you figured it out, like your next baby is a completely Everybody's different baby. So different. I keep looking back and referencing like my timeline after Selma was born, like when I started feeling this way or that way, when things started to get easier for me. And like the truth is nothing's happening on that timeline because it's two completely different experiences and I'm two completely different people. Absolutely. I mean, it's not going to be anything. Li I'm like using it as a point of reference, but. I should really stop doing that because this has been a totally different experience, 100%. And in, in life, that's what I would, you know, that's what, that's basically the root of what we do is, you know, as much as, great, you've got this checklist of, of how to become the perfect person, a good person, how you're going to give to the world. Once mm -hmm. you've done all of those things on that checklist, are you, like, what's next? 
Yeah. You, 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 you're either moving up or you're da- moving down. So if you're looking to be an extremely productive, loving, you know, whatever your mission and purposes in life person, you're kind of, like, once you've hit a certain milestone, you've got to give yourself another one to, to continue to expand on that goal. There's always more. So, you know, um, absolutely. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the way I operate. I can tell. Very much so. You're not really a relaxed on the beach type of gal. 24 7. 24 <laughs> 7. You've always, but it sounds like with kid number four. I've, I've definitely slowed down. You've slowed down. Com- yeah. Yes. And uh, so going back to the way that we, I run my business, it's a boutique agency. We can pick and choose what type of customers we work with, how many people we take on. At one point when I was building Pink Cilantro, it was, we've got a lead in the door. Like take everyone you get. We've got a good qualified lead in the door, someone that we would love to work with. Take it. Yeah. Now it has to do with, I don't want to break my team. I don't want to break my team at home. I don't want to break my team at the office. So that's, you know, I get to own that. That's something that I've built and earned. Um, I've been in this industry for 11 years. The agency, I've put a lot of input and time and um, I've set it up where we can pick and choose um, how much we take on. That said, our plates are 100% um, always full, but always room for more. Always. So you have the nanny, which has been a huge help. Oh, I love her. She is... I love her. I love her, period. I am so happy to hear that. We actually just hired one, Ben and I. Um, as I mentioned, I'm like sort of coming out of being just completely at home and doing everything from the dinner to the cleaning to the babies. And um, letting that go has been really hard, but I am so grateful to have someone that I know and trust that's home doing that. And it has honestly, the dynamic in my family has shifted like a million percent just in two days because I'm not so stressed and frenetic all the time. And there's this, like, I, I've talked about this on this podcast before, this badge of honor of being stressed and frenetic that women carry and it does nothing and we have to let it go. And we have to stop thinking that we need to do everything by ourselves because if we can accept help, if we can hire help, if we can just admit that we can't do it all, this disintegration of pride that I'm going through right now, things get so much better. And I just, I'm so grateful to hear that you're able to do that for yourself, that that's part of your ingredient for life with four kids. And since day one, since day one, one. yeah, (laughs) of course. Well, you, and you have your own business and there's also the spiritual and religious center that I love about you that you have that brings so much beauty into your life. It's wonderful to hear about. And I'm so grateful to have had you on the show, Basia. If anyone wants to get in touch with you or um, learn more about what you do at Pink Cilantro, uh, where can they reach you? Um, they could send me an email, Basia, B-A-S-Y-A at pinkcilantro.com. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm at Laura Max Rose. Thank you so much for joining me. And we'll see you again next Tuesday. This episode's airing on a Thursday, which is not our usual. So um, on Tuesday, just a few days, you'll hear our next one. Thanks so much and hope you subscribe. We will be back soon. Bye. Mom, mom, mom.